Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Feels good to be back in western New York. A nice little getaway. We won't talk about the Mets lack of hits on Friday. You know that it it was nice to go to a sporting event. Um, it was nice to sit with other Mets fans. It was nice to be close to the field. If only the Mets could have had more than three hits against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But, you know, that's a, a discussion for a different time. It is Hardline. We have a packed show for you today. In the first hour, we have two Bryans. Congressman Brian Higgins, this segment, and Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun joining us after the 1030 News. And then Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns joining us in the second hour. But let's get right to it. Joining us right now is Congressman Brian Higgins. Congressman Higgins, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you, Joe. Uh, Congressman, before uh, we get to other things going on, we did have the news of the border opening. And as you, you as the co-chair on the Northern Border Caucus, what do you think of the news? It's a start. I mean, we need detail and we need a full opening of that border to resume uh, the economic activity that's been lost. Uh, also, the life quality that's been lost. Uh, people who have been separated for 16 months, uh, people that own cottages in Canada that haven't been able to visit and enjoy their properties for the past 16 months. So uh, I'm, I'm very anxious to hear on Monday, I have a call with the Canadian federal officials about the detail of this plan. And as soon as we get that detail, we will make sure that uh, the public uh, gets it as, as quickly as possible. And we will be looking forward to that. Now, other news that uh, came out this last few days was uh, calling on FEMA to fix new flood zones uh, in Niagara Falls. Explain that. Well, you have flood zones that uh, require uh, flood insurance. Uh, but when there is a mechanical process by which you can avoid uh, flooding, and in this case, there hasn't been flooding in many, many decades, uh, there's no reason why the folks living in that area should be imposed uh, with a requirement to buy flood insurance. I think what happens with this uh, flood insurance program, while it has certain value in certain places, I think communities that it is unlikely that there will be a flood are subsidizing uh, those areas that uh, have frequent flooding. And we just go through these maps on a regular basis uh, to ensure that there's fairness. Over the years, a number of efforts are taken to mitigate the potential of flood, widening channels and a number of other things that make the likelihood of flooding where it was possible 30, 40 years ago unlikely now because of uh, mitigation efforts that were taken. I think that is the case here. So we want FEMA to take a good hard look at this and to uh, to reverse the decision. 
Earlier in the week, uh, you talked about expanding the child tax credit. Um, we, we got some news on that. Where do we stand on the child tax credit for the future? Well, right now, uh, the child tax credit will be enhanced and extended through the end of the year. And uh, that will lift, according to uh, studies from various institutions, uh, that will lift approximately 45 to 50 percent of the American population now living in poverty out of poverty. So that means if you're born into poverty, you don't have to live in poverty. It's a good investment in human capital. I mean, a number of studies, there are there are benefit costs ratio of seven to one. In other words, for every dollar that you spend in this program, this will be about $105 billion for the remainder of this year. Uh, you get $7 in return, and that is uh, economic activity. That's productivity. Uh, kids, if they're not living in poverty, they perform better in school, and they just have a better shot at life. And we should all be pushing for equal opportunity for everybody because there's an incentive for everybody to have uh, kids, uh, particularly as they become young adults and and go into adulthood, uh, to be productive, to be economically independent and self-sufficient. The child tax credit uh, will, the enhanced child tax credit will do that. So now will there, will the push go for past this year? Yeah, there's another that the, the, what's called the, the American Rescue Plan, which was approved by Congress, signed into law by the president, is uh, takes the child tax credit through the end of this year. The American Families Plan that's making its way through Congress now but has not been voted on by the Senate or signed into law by the president would extend that uh, for another five years. Okay. Um, understood. Now, going other things going on this week, we saw the uh, members of the Democrat uh, Assembly in Texas come to Washington, D.C. We've heard a lot of talk about the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Uh, explain what that is and where that stands in Congress. Well, the John Lewis Voting uh, Act uh, would remove barriers uh, to uh, to voting uh, for all communities. In, in a democracy, uh, we should want to encourage uh, the the civic duty uh, of voting and to remove those barriers. So uh, the House has uh, voted on that, and it's uh, sitting in the Senate. And we want to move the Senate uh, to move it uh, to provide uh, every uh, community uh, throughout this nation uh, the opportunity to vote in a efficient, effective and safe way. And that's what the John Lewis uh, Act would do. Um, John, you know, he had a skull broken to advocate uh, for uh, voter rights for African-Americans at the foot of the, the, the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. He was going to march with other people uh, 40 miles to the capital city of of Montgomery, and they were attacked by 138 Alabama state troopers. John had his skull broken uh, before he, you know, was taken to the hospital. He admonished the president at that time, uh, Lyndon Johnson, to do something about this the next year or the end of that year in August. This was March 7th of of 1965. uh, In August, uh, the voting rights bill. Uh, was signed into law uh, with good bipartisan support. So everybody in a democracy should want to promote uh, direct access uh, to the voting booth for all of its citizens that are legal, legally eligible to vote. So what does this bill do uh, to get rid of those barriers? And what barriers are we talking about? 
Well, we're talking about a number of barriers as it relates to, uh, you know, we, we live in a time where uh, information technology should make it easier to vote, not more difficult. We should be able to vote by mail. We should have early voting. We should have uh, safe, uh, free and fair elections. Uh, and I think that uh, a lot of concerns that have been raised by uh, various communities that that is not the case. That needs to change. So uh, this bill will reaffirm uh, many of the provisions of the bill uh, that may not have survived in a court of law. But keep in mind, it's the Supreme Court that interprets laws. It's Congress that makes them. So we want to reaffirm uh, the provisions of of, uh, the the 65 uh, Voting Rights Act uh, to ensure that uh, everybody in this country who is eligible to vote has an opportunity to access, uh, you know, voting uh, in their communities. Keep in mind the states uh, do the individual, you know, regulations, uh, and uh, the federal government will set standards. Uh, so I think it's very important that we reaffirm uh, the the obligation to vote, the civic duty to vote, uh, and to do that in, as I say, a free and fair way. You know, uh, Congressman, I did a show on this Wednesday um, talking about the voting rights, and uh, a lot of the concern was that voting by mail. What would voting by mail, how would that be separate from the current absentee ballot we have now? Well, if you wanted to vote by mail, you could vote by mail. If you wanted to seek an absentee ballot, you could seek seek an absentee ballot. That is currently done at the state level. So each one of the states have uh, a different uh, different rules and regulations as it relates to those things. But, you know, that last year there were 62 lawsuits in state and federal courts seeking to overturn the results of the presidential election, and 61 of them were defeated. Uh, so the reality is that we have, I think, a very high level of safety, security, accuracy uh, right now. So voting by mail should be permitted and it should be done in a way that encourages uh, people to participate in the electoral process and the voting process. And I think that is fundamental. Uh, That is one of the fundamental rights that we as Americans have. And I agree with you. I'm all for getting as many people who want to vote to the polls and voting. Um, But when we talk about mail-in voting, how would that be a secure process, as is the absentee ballot process? Well, you have a secure process in that you would uh, would vote by mail. You would submit uh, your uh, ballot uh, by mail. You would request. Uh, a voting by mail opportunity. So it's it's very similar to that of an absentee, but it extends it uh, in a more general way it, it, as opposed to uh, if I'm out of town, I vote absentee because I, it's not physically possible for me to be here to vote. And that happens. Now, to make voting more convenient uh, for people that are very busy in their lives, you can seek uh, a voter by mail application, an absentee uh, ballot, call it what you will, uh, to vote more generally uh, by mail, whether you're here physically or not. So this would be something that you would request. There wouldn't be ballots just being sent out. You, it, it, each state would have their own rules as it relates to those things. And as you know, you have legislative sessions. All of those things are subject to change uh, based on every, you know, every uh, legislative session in the state legislature in New York and throughout uh, the entire nation. So uh, right now you'd request an absentee ballot and you would be able to vote uh, by mail 
uh, through the absentee ballot process. Now, another thing that was brought up a lot on the show I did Wednesday was voter ID. And I know a lot of people on the political left are against it. A lot of people on the political right want it. Is there any way we could have a compromise uh, when it comes to voter IDs? Maybe states give make sure that every registered voter has an ID, Some something that uh, would assure people have that ID before Election Day. Well, you know, you have that now. You have a situation where you go into the voting booth, you, they give you your name, you show your ID, and you're allowed to vote. And I think uh, an ID is, is, is reasonable uh, just to affirm that uh, you are who you say you are, and that uh, protects the integrity of the voting process. So anything that we can do, reasonable ideas uh, that are not necessarily, not necessarily ideological, but are commonsensical, I think are are fair and should be debated and should be considered. Uh, And I think, you know, most people agree with that. And and just one more thing, Congressman, before I let you go, uh, we've heard a lot of talk on social media regulations from the White House lately. Uh, I just want to know if you have any information of that, any opinion of uh, what's going on when it comes to social media and, as some people call, fake news. Well, look, I think, you know, we are in a time where no technology advances more quickly in our society than the technology of of information. And, uh, you know, things move very, very quickly and finding a way uh, to protect the integrity of uh, the truthfulness of information that is uh, that is circulated throughout social media is a good thing. You know, during this coronavirus, as you know, there's a lot of information that has been misleading relative to the science, relative to the facts. And people are drawing conclusions based on misleading, uh, untruthful uh, information. Uh, that is not good uh, for a society that, you know, depends on uh, its citizens to be informed in the best way possible. So I think that, you know, you're always trying to find that balance. Free speech is very, very important in this country, uh, but also ensuring that what is disseminated through social media is truthful, is factual, and can be verified, I think is also helpful to our citizens. I do have one more. I apologize. Uh, we saw L.A. County um, impose a mask mandate indoors, even for those that are vaccinated. That goes against what the CDC says about vaccinated individuals. Um, would you be in favor of anything like that happening in this state? I'd rather not. And I think that CDC has been very clear that if you are vaccinated, you can return to fully vaccinated. You can return to pre-pandemic activity without a face mask, without social distancing, and without quarantine. Now, CDC is the largest uh, 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 the public health agency in all the world. As you know, they are typically very, very conservative. They're very, very cautious. When they are very explicit relative to guidance, relative to what all of us have been admonished to follow, uh, follow the science, follow the facts, follow the, 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 the data, uh, and they say that you have strong immunity because of this very powerful vaccine. Uh, the, the messenger RNA is the stuff that tells a cell to make a protein, which is the active ingredient in the vaccine. If you are fully vaccinated, uh, it, it, you have 85, 90, 95% immunity. That is an incredible uh, biomedical achievement, probably uh, the most significant achievement in the past hundred years. And it's allowed us, that is a single thing 
It's the single thing that has allowed us to get back to a semblance of normalcy. So what I would do, Joe, I would follow the, the direction, the advice, the guidance of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And right now, they are saying that if you, have, if you are fully vaccinated, you can return to pre-pandemic activity uh, without all of those other conditions. Congressman Higgins, always appreciate you joining us on a Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. That is Congressman Brian Higgins joining us, talking about a plethora of things going on in Washington, D.C., and always uh, always appreciate that he makes himself available on Sunday and uh, and tells us what's going on in D.C. and uh, gives you know his, his opinion, his side of things. And uh, we may not always agree, but always appreciate that uh, he makes the time to join us on Hardline. When we come back, We are going to talk more about that border opening. As you heard the congressman say, there's still a few details that he wants to be clear of, um, and he's going to have going to oversee that on Monday. We are going to talk to Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun to talk about not only the border opening, but hey, where does Toronto stand right now with the Blue Jays back and with the border opening? Say we're going to go into Canada. What is life in Canada like right now on July 18th, uh, opposed to how it's like right here in the United States of America. So we'll get that. And then in the second hour, we are talking to Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns. We're also going to play back comments from Mayor Byron Brown uh, as he joined Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski on Thursday. We'll play part of that back in the 1130 segment. But right now it is Hardline. We are live on a Sunday here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. It is hard. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Line here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you until noon today. Uh, if you miss any of the show, as if you miss anything on the station, you can find it at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. I've got now several texts of people asking me about the Mets and should the Mets trade um, Edwin Diaz. You know, maybe I should do a halfway through the season podcast and put it on the Odyssey app. Maybe we'll uh, we'll do that closer to the Virginia Tech season so I can talk college football as well. Joining us this segment is Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun. Brian, good morning. Good morning to you, Joe. I, I, I feel like I should open up by apologizing that I know you want to talk to me about COVID restrictions here in Toronto and across Ontario, but the fact that they're lifting means we're taking the Blue Jays away from you guys in Buffalo just as the bats are swinging beautifully. Yeah, just as their bats are swinging, you know, I made a trip to Pittsburgh over the weekend to see my beloved New York Mets, and uh, let's just say their bats aren't swinging. <laughs> well, not quite like Vladdy G. I mean, Guerrero, just uh, he's on fire lately. Uh, I didn't watch yesterday, but uh, the other night I was watching, and I eventually turned off the game when it was 10 nothing against the Rangers and said, well, it was fun, but, you know, now there's, there's no contest anymore. No, and you know what? It, it, it was, a very, I think, a very smart move by Vlad to not go in the home run derby because you hear how that messes so many people swing up the second half of the season. Uh, he's, uh, he's on fire right now, and he's on track for a, a great new contract when that comes up. So if you got nothing to do this afternoon, Buffalo, you got a doubleheader downtown today, definitely take it in because there's only, only four more games left. So uh, get that doubleheader and then the Red Sox and then back to the beautiful Rogers Center uh, where I've seen the Blue Jays beat the Mets several times. But we won't get into that, Brian. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the, uh, the, the restrictions being lifted mid-August. What do we know about who and when uh, we can get into Canada? So right now we're, we're still lifting restrictions that you guys had um, taken away months ago. Like at New York State, I believe you just started indoor dining February 14th. Governor Cuomo uh, deciding that uh, he better do something to distract from his other problems and said you can go out for dinner inside a restaurant on Valentine's Day. I'm sure that made uh, reservations really easy. Um, (laughs) He just opened up on that front on Friday. And yesterday was the first time that I ate inside in a restaurant in Toronto since August. Uh, or sorry, October last year. Um, so we're still going through that, and that's why our government has been slow to say let's open the border. I know Senator Schumer and, and, and many uh, local members of Congress, especially in and around border areas like Buffalo or out towards uh, uh, Messina, have been calling for the border to be open. But our government, uh, neither at the provincial level nor the federal, have been willing to say let's do it. It's looking like by mid-August, if you are a fully vaccinated American, that you will be allowed in and won't have to quarantine. But our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, said it's going to be a slow pace that we're going to start reopening things, and it will be some time before unvaccinated tourists are allowed into the country. 
Now, where are you guys on masks? So you said that you can go indoor dining. Do you still have to wear a mask until you're at your table seated in Canada? Uh, in Ontario, well, you know, it, it varies. You know, for us, it varies by province the way it varies for you by state or local. And uh, so, yeah, here, um, you know, in my condo building, um, I live in a high-rise in downtown, and um, we have to wear them in the common areas, in the elevators, in the lobbies, and at restaurants. Yes, you've got to have a mask on until you're uh, seated. Now, if you are coming up for those Jays games at the end of August, when they're going to have a, a good run against the Rangers and the, and the Red Sox again, then you won't have to at your seat in the Rogers Center, because that's considered an outdoor venue, but you're most likely going to have to wear it if you're headed to the, the washroom, which, even though the center is considered outdoor, really, once you get to the concession stand and the washrooms, that's considered indoors. So, same sort of thing. I don't know what you're doing down your way, but that's where we're at right now. Oh, we've... Uh... Now, I have not, to be fair, I've not been to a game in New York State, but uh, like I said, I was in Pittsburgh uh, over the weekend, and, you know, I, I didn't even bring my mask on vacation. I mean, that, good thing I wasn't going to L.A., uh, because I couldn't tell you where my mask is. Since they lifted them at the gym, uh, I have no idea uh, where mine is. Now, let me ask you about that. I saw you tweet something about the gyms in Ontario. Uh, are you still waiting for gyms to open, or have they reopened with some restrictions? Uh, they reopened with restrictions on Friday. So most of our indoor stuff that opened, um, you know, last year when gyms opened, it was a 10-person capacity limit, which I thought was a bit ridiculous because, you know, I, my former gym, I was at this little boutique training place a couple of years ago. Ten people would be crowded for it. But the place that I go now, it's like a warehouse, and it's two floors. It's probably 20,000 square feet, so having limiting to 10 people was nuts. Now there's no limit on the number of people except for you must still be able to stay six feet apart. So uh, I went to the gym on Friday, first day that it opened. Um, while I was on the treadmill, while I was using weights, did not need to use the, uh, the mask. But once I was moving around inside the gym, I had to wear the damn thing. Um, as someone that has worked from home even before COVID, I haven't had to wear a mask during much of this. So it, it, it was irritating, I'll say that. Oh, believe me, I, uh, I can relate. Um, now, is there, is there certain things you are waiting for to open? Like uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame, is that reopened in Toronto? Uh, I think about near Niagara Falls, are things around there starting to reopen? I saw Falls View opened last weekend, but say, hey, halfway through August, you're vaccinated, you go over the border. Will there still be things that are waiting to open? Uh, you know, I don't know if the Hockey Hall of Fame is, has reopened. I'd have to check. They, they would be allowed to reopen. Whether they have, I don't know. You know, some places are taking a bit of time. Um, you know, our organizations are facing the same kind of problems that I've heard about stateside. And that is, all right, we've been closed for a year. Our employees aren't there. So Canada's Wonderland, the big amusement park north of Toronto, uh, they took almost a week to reopen because they needed to staff up. And finding people is difficult. A lot of people, if they were in these jobs, um, you know, you're making enough money to live here, but not enough on unemployment. A lot of them have left the city to go back to the small towns that they came from. Um, other people are just saying, you know what, I'm getting more in government money. So 
at this point, if something hasn't opened, it's probably because they're not able, able to staff up. The casinos, like Falls you, yeah, they were allowed to open Friday, and uh, they're, they're lifting their restrictions. And again, it's down to uh, there isn't a hard cap on capacity, but you will find that maybe you're at one slot machine, the next one over is closed to allow you to stay distant. That's going to stay in place for at least the next three weeks. And if our cases keep going in the direction they are, those will eventually lift and possibly by mid-August, mid to late August. Now, how is the vaccine situation? I know the last time we talked, uh, you guys were still having difficulties getting those numbers where you wanted them. Uh, Where's the current vaccination and has it now gotten easier for citizens in Ontario to get those vaccinations? Yeah, last time we talked, we were having trouble getting the vaccine. And so... You know, the United States had a, an export embargo. You guys wouldn't send it to anybody, not even us, not even us next door. Uh, and then we were having trouble getting it out of Europe. We weren't making our own. We're now, we've now surpassed you guys in terms of vaccination. New York State is actually, last time I looked, your vaccination numbers are pretty high. But we've got, I think by today or tomorrow, we will surpass 80% of everyone eligible to get their first shot having it so that age 12 and up will be at 80 percent first shot vaccinated and we're approaching 60 percent second shot so that's higher than uh, the united states average uh, i know some states are bringing it down new york state is helping bring it up uh, so that's good because you know the vaccines are working it's shown that they're working the uk which uh, was ahead of us and, and then they got this delta variant their cases shot through the roof, but people weren't going to the hospital. People aren't dying. So that, that shows the vaccines are doing a good job because what are we trying to avoid with all of this? Going to the hospital, dying. Yep. That's what the vaccine's all about. And so if we get a big spike in cases, we don't have to go back to the, the craziness we've been dealing with the last year. Now, this might sound like a redundant question because, as you said, you guys, your guys' numbers are so high. So I'm guessing there isn't the resistance or a high number of resistant groups in Ontario when it comes to the vaccine. No, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's bizarre for me sitting here as a Canadian watching what happened in the United States. So when Donald Trump was president, even people like Kamala Harris were saying, well, I'm not going to take a vaccine that's approved by his FDA. She made comments to that effect. And then the Democrats got in, and uh, then Republicans started saying, well, the vaccines aren't good. <sighs> Politicizing at, the, at that level, and I say this as a political reporter who watches politicians say all kinds of dumb things every single day, uh, that blows my mind. For the Democrats to, to cast doubt on the vaccines because Trump was in charge of Operation Warp Speed and getting it going was ridiculous. For Republicans to turn around and do the same thing, that's putting people at risk. We can all make our own decisions as adults, give informed consent to get it or not. But, you know, our vaccine-resistant group, outside of people who can't get it for medical reasons, we're talking 6 to 9%. Okay. Yeah, I, and, and Brian, I agree 100% to, to politicize. But, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. if I, I guess it's the same up there, but it seems here in the United States, anything that is an issue becomes a political issue. And I'm sure you've, yeah. you, you, you know that following politics as you do. 
Yeah, it, it, it's sad, but unfortunately true. Now, uh, I've seen I've seen you tweeting about uh, elections in Ontario. Are there elections this year or next year uh, in Ontario that we should be following here in the states? Uh, we are looking at a potential federal election, so our national government could be headed to an, uh, an election within the next couple of weeks. Uh, it, it's not a scheduled one, but. You know, we have something that you guys don't in our system. It's called a minority parliament. Um, so the government could be voted down or decide to try and go to an early election to get a, uh, a majority again. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, is looking at doing that. In Ontario, no, we, we don't have uh, an election scheduled. Our next one is June 2nd next year. And... Uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, who leads the, the Conservative Party here, is at, at this point, you know, despite some ups and downs, some bumps along the way during COVID with people being angry about restrictions being too lax or too tight or, you know, depending on the day, you got people angry at you for different things. Despite that, he looks like he'd win again uh, and get another majority government if the election were held right now. So uh, at the federal level, the polls are up and down, and, and one day it's like Justin Trudeau is going to sweep the country, and the next day he's going to lose. So uh, the electorate uh, nationally is kind of fluid and up in the air and, and making up their minds about where they want to go. Interesting, interesting. Um, now, i got to ask you about the Rogers Center. We started talking about the Blue Jays, the Rogers Center, because it seems every now and then you, you hear talk of a new stadium or someone complaining that Toronto needs a new stadium. Is that at all in discussions in Toronto when it comes to the baseball stadium? Yeah, pre-COVID, there were definitely discussions, and I think a story broke uh, about this even last summer. Uh, yeah, there's talk of doing a new stadium, and instead of it being multi-purpose, uh, because when uh, the Rogers Centre was built, uh, I think they, you know, we had the Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League playing in there, and, and at that point, they were owned by people like John Candy and uh, were recruiting stars like uh, uh, Rocket uh, Ishmael from Notre Dame, and we're drawing big crowds. Uh, they're not anymore, and they don't play at the Rogers Center anymore because of that. So it's primarily just used for the Blue Jays and concerts, whatever those are. I don't remember what a concert is anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, the Jays would like to go back and, uh, and rebuild a, a new baseball-focused stadium. Um, hopefully it's still a domed one because I think, you know, given the, the weather that uh, – you and I put up with, respectively, in Toronto and Buffalo, you know that an outdoor baseball stadium isn't conducive to uh, an April start all the time. So hopefully if, uh, if they do, it's still dumped, but more baseball-centric, much like uh, you know the, the last two stadiums in, in Arlington or, or Camden Yards or something like that, uh, you know, a beautiful stadium it may end up being on the same ground. How they play that for the year that it's under construction, I don't know. But our TFC soccer team, they play at BMO Field. The Argos play at BMO Field now. And, uh, you know, just down the street from Rogers Center, we got the uh, Scotiabank Arena where the, the Raptors and the Jays play, or the, the Leafs play. So, you know, keeping it all in that area, I think it'd be great. And, and a new stadium would be great as well. And last thing I got to ask you, Brian, I see that you tweet about Notre Dame football. I see that in your, uh, in your information. Are you an uh, Irish fan? I'm a domer for sure, and uh, my brother and I have been trying to figure out. Uh, he's not a domer, um, but we're trying to figure out how to get down to South Bend for a game uh, over the next little while. Haven't seen them play since, I think, 2016. 
at the Coliseum in, in Los Angeles against USC. Oh, very nice. Well, uh, I'm a big Virginia Tech guy. I saw, uh, I saw Notre Dame beat Tech a few years ago in Notre Dame. However, I saw Tech beat them in South Bend in 2016. So, uh, one and one. Yeah, and Tech's a good team. So, you know, they're always a challenge. Well, you know what, Brian? We may have to, I may have to have you on the show the week of October 9th to preview Virginia Tech-Notre Dame. <laughs> Sounds good, Chuck. All right, man. Always great talking to you. Thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks. Bye. That is Brian Lilly of the Toronto Sun. Always fun talking with, uh, with Brian throughout the COVID pandemic, checking in. And I'm sure we'll check in again as things reopen, as people get to Ontario, as they... Welcome back, American uh, tourists. And, um, you know, hey, in the next month or so, we're going to see that travel starting back up on all the bridges uh, here. So maybe in time for those who are vaccinated to take in a summer afternoon at Crystal Beach. I, I, you know what I'd like to do. I've talked about it a lot. We uh, still have a full hour of programming left. When we come back, I am talking with Erie County Clerk Mickey Kern, seeing what's going on in the clerk's office. Uh, a lot, of, Always a question about the DMV, and he'll talk about that as well. Also talking about a few new programs uh, that he has started up within the clerk's office. So excited to talk to him about that. And then at 1130, playing back some comments from Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. So a full hour left to go. It is Joe Beamer. It is Sunday. It is Hardline. Doing what we do best, and that's talking with you on WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 